everybody. It's Jacqueline. And Alana. And welcome back to another episode of Black and Yellow. It's hot outside, y'all. Summer's here. Spring has sprung. Sure has. Yep. It's real nice to just feel the heat. Agreed. Definitely. I think we have both covered in multiple episodes where we talk about how you and I are both part lizard. Mm -hmm. So, you know. It's feeling like California again. We had a pretty frigid February. and Yeah, and March was... All sorts of funky, schizophrenic. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'm grateful for it. It was just nice to to have. Here's the thing: we know it's going to be hot and sunny for mm-hmm. at least June, July, and August. No matter and what. September, September, maybe even October. <laughs> so <laughs> it was just nice to to have the just changes, you know. Because yeah. After a while, it's like, all right, well, it's just going to be sunny forever. Which I am not angry. about. I know. I'm not either. Yeah. So, kicking today's episode, we're going to get into our Blasian Report. Kind of a yes. sad weekend mm-hmm. in L.A. Uh, the rapper Nipsey Hussle was shot and killed on Sunday. Uh, he was shot and killed in South L.A. around 3.20 p.m. in front of his store, the Marathon Clothing, which is a clothing store in a strip mall in South L.A. Um, they have, when I say they, I mean the LAPD has a suspect that has been named. Um, but Hustle's passing has hit the black community particularly hard. Mm. Um, he was 31 years old. He left oh, behind, or so, sorry, he was yeah. 33. I take that back. So 33 young. years old. Uh, had multiple kids. Had a daughter with the actress Lauren London. Okay. Uh, I think she had a, he has a two-year-old with her. And he was really a big believer in black entrepreneurship, black uh, owning black businesses, supporting black businesses, buying back the block, which is a phrase you hear a lot in the black community. But it's all about we can't really we can't truly own something if we don't own something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We can't be responsible for building infrastructure if we're not helping to buy into the neighborhood itself. Mm-hmm. He grew up in South LA, so and he stayed in South LA once fame and money hit. It wasn't as though he grew up in a rougher part of town and then moved to a better part of town once Hollywood and music came calling. He stayed there and he stayed giving back to his neighborhood, which I think a lot of people that know Nipsey's story really loved about him. Because it's super easy to give back to a community once you've left. It's easy to, like, give from a high perch. Yeah, you're removed. You've removed yourself, and now you can sort of just come in. Right. Do the good deed. And And then then get out again. Yeah, you don't actually have to be there with the people day by day. Right. Seeing what they're going through. But Nipsey was known as Neighborhood Nip. Mm. He was always around. He was always uh, doing great things for the community, specifically for the children of the community. Uh He's spoken a lot about how that particular area that he grew up in, that part of L.A., there's a lot of gang violence, and there's a lot of gangs and a lot of violence in that area, and you're sort of trapped. When when you grow up around that, it's really hard to break free of those bonds. Because initially, when you're a kid, if you get involved with gangs or somehow are gang-affiliated... Nine times out of ten, it's because you're looking for a family. It's because of survival. Yeah. It's because feel you, connection. Yeah, you're looking for Giving some sort of some purpose. Exactly, fulfillment. Totally. And your as you obviously, as you get older and you change, sometimes the bonds of your past don't necessarily forget where you used to be. Yeah. Well, and I think there's prices to pay, especially when you're involved with something that you know uh, can be considered somehow. Some illegal activities or you're dealing with drugs, you know. For sure. And I think some of that stuff can haunt you even when you feel like you've maybe left. For sure. He told uh, the L.A. Times in 2018, he said, I grew up in gang culture. We dealt with death. We dealt with death. We dealt with murder. I just repeated myself. It was like living in a war zone where people die on the blocks and everybody is a little bit immune to it. I guess they call it post-traumatic stress, when you have people that have been at war for such a long time. I think L.A. suffers from that because it's not normal yet. We embrace it like it is like it is after a while. Mm. So It's tough. That is super tough. But he was trying to lay a really nice foundation for the generation coming up behind him. Yeah. Um, 
oftentimes in African-American culture, especially lower income African-American culture, those kids are bought and sold on the idea that the only way to attain wealth and upward mobility is to follow uh, entertainers right. or athletes. So right. basically be a famous entertainer, musician, actor, artist, what have you, or be an athlete. And Nipsey was looking to provide a better route, mm. giving kids other options. Mm-hmm. Uh, he cut the ribbon on a co-working space and STEM center in his neighborhood with the goal of connecting it to Silicon Valley and increasing diversity wow. in those fields. Awesome. So he was talking about getting kids involved and interested in, in STEM and tech, yeah. which, I mean... We probably should do an episode on the lack of diversity in Silicon totally. Valley and gender. For sh- absolutely, it's totally male. It's so male dominated, right? And, and the fire community as well. You, oh my god! Yeah, I've been reading recently about the fire community. Yeah, it's very male dominated. I, I'm a recent uh, educatee of it, so I, I'm still like learning and figuring out my way. But I would love to have an episode on the fire. Yeah, community. we should. Yeah. yeah, financial independence, retire early. Right, is what those fire out there. Yeah. I was when I first heard it. I was like, fire community. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you're dealing with fire. Right. That's kind of what I thought. That's <laughs> no, kind of no, what I no. thought too. Very opposite. Yeah. Um, going back to Nipsey, he started the Marathon Clothing, which was the store that he was shot in front of. It's a quote smart store where visitors could use an app while shopping. He also helped develop Destination Crenshaw, an open air museum devoted to celebrating the achievements of Black oh, artists. That's so awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, he was all about fighting gentrification, stopping gang violence, and building a better future for his children and and kids to come. And it's mm-hmm. really a shame that we lost someone He's so young, mm-hmm. regardless of circumstance. Right, thirty three right. is too young to die. Um, it is, and it's it's just so sad that I think sometimes there's a frustration in the African American community that. We'll take a couple steps forward and take a bunch of steps back. Mm. And this feels like taking a lot of steps back. I see. Where if we can't allow members of our community to flourish and to help us do good, well, then who can we allow to flourish? Right. How can we as a community keep moving forward when we're killing the people that are trying to help us do better? Right. I think it's a sentiment that's being passed around a lot. Yeah. You also hear a lot about... Nipsey being a sort of a sort of Malcolm X like figure mm. in terms of his beliefs on black business and, and black ownership. Nipsey understood that the real way to build wealth, I think a lot of people in this day and age kind of get this, but maybe not everyone acts on it. The real way to build wealth is to own. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of American like ideals are built on the the standards of ownership, mm-hmm. property ownership, mm-hmm. people ownership, unfortunately. Um but Nipsey understood that to really break free and and have upward mobility, have financial independence, you've got to own. You've got to right, own businesses. Right. You've got to own and property. And he was doing that. Yeah, totally. And allowing kids to And creating jobs. Yeah. Yeah, creating jobs huge. in a community where jobs are either going digital, mm-hmm. are not plentiful, mm-hmm. or... Yeah, yeah, being replaced by AI. Yeah. 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 Or, or outsourcing right. in some way, shape, or form. Totally. So. Losing Nipsey is a huge loss. I can't imagine what his kids and what his wife are going through. I know that's really tough. Yeah, that's that's a it's pretty tragic. Mm-hmm. So we just wanted to let you guys know um, what's been going on, especially here in LA, as far as in the Black community, and uh, our hearts go out to all the people that were affected by this family friends for sure if you're looking for some good music to listen to his album victory lap won a grammy this year so take a listen to that if you're looking to feel inspired looking to feel moved Mm. um but yeah r.i.p nipsey hustle yeah so let's turn it around let's (laughs) let's let's like turn the feeling around it's a little heavy it is quite heavy here huh and that's not what our topic is. we're switching gears completely yeah Today, We're break you down and build you up. <laughs> yeah, that, that's our motto. <laughs> um, uh, today we're here to talk about a very important question. Mm. Very important deed that everyone has to deal with at some point 
when the bill arrives oh. at the end of dinner. Who pays? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Your face. I mean, like, because I know today's topic. I've. <laughs> this is one of those since we started this show. I'm like, yeah, we we've always this. talked. Yeah, we always mention, especially because Lana and I did work in the hospitality service industry for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I still do, here and there, and so. You know, it's it's always interesting. There, there are if you think about how many factors, dynamics, are involved in just one little action of this bill being dropped, right? We're not we're not even going to get into culture just yet. Because if you want to get into Asian culture, right. different Asian cultures as well, tipping, oh, there's a <laughs> whole other world to explore there. <laughs> But you can take a gender, mm-hmm. race, yeah. all of it. There age. is age, mm-hmm. there is status. There's so much that actually is involved in one simple action of who pays the bill. Yeah, the circumstances that got you to that dinner table. Yeah. Yeah. All of it. And so we want to kind of, kind of, kind of. I don't know what accent that is. We you want, think about that coin. I sure was. <laughs> that coin that you spend on dinner. We want to explore it with you guys and... Uh, you know, go into it because it, it's it's it, not that it's overlooked, but I think a, there's a lot of, uh, like I said, underlying factors that really uh, affect who plays it. Right. So um, let's just dive in. Let's go. Let's All go right. for it. So I can talk from my experience being Westernized mm-hmm. and also being Chinese aside. Uh, uh, making a word up. Um, I have very can see very clear differences in both culture. Of course. Um, so with that being said, a lot of it for Chinese people is first pride. Okay. Right? Okay. It's pride. There's there, there's the act of pride. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to pay because I'm either more pride or I'm entitled to this pride or whatever. Oh, interesting. Yeah, there's a, sense, pride. there's a sense of like... I'm gonna pay because I, I I'm I'm proud. I I make money. I can make money. I want to take care of you. Got it. Along with that, I think there's also gifting. You of know? course, yeah. Like I pay for you because I make more, or because I love you, because you're my family, or because you've you've done so much for me already. Then you know, I want to give you back. I want to give you back. Got it. Um, so there's a lot of factors that are included, and I guess in Ch- the Chinese community, the biggest one is <laughs> we've all been there and seen it where, you know, we have all-out fights. Yep. We will have all-out shouting and fighting yes. matches. Mm-hmm. I've I've grown up with going to banquets when I was younger and mm-hmm. watching my uncles and my grandma fight so, so loud and so so intense that I've almost thought my grandma was going to have a heart attack once. Can I ask a question? Because yeah. I've seen these fights, and they often happen in a language I don't understand. Of course. What are they saying? Like, what is being said in these passionate, embroiled um, uh, uh, fights? A lot of times it's uh, because the bill's already been paid. Like, my uncle will get up to use the restroom. But and he'll slip actually the card. Just, yeah, he'll actually just go and... He'll go to the restroom, but he'll obviously go and pay the bill, which right. I've done multiple times also for my family okay. when we're in Taiwan because uh, that's just the right thing to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Here, not as much here. And I think, you know, in doing my research and in in hanging out with my Asian American friends, uh, there's been a shift into being more Western. A lot of people are splitting more bills. Okay. Even in Taiwan and China, if you got people with your own age, mm-hmm. um, well, I would, you tend to I would think. split the bill yeah. a little bit more often than if you are with elders or with family, I think. Got it. Anyways, to answer your question, it's a lot of it is how dare you, how could you? Mm. Why did you? Why didn't you let me pay? A lot of just that kind of same babbling, you Got know. Got it. Okay. Uh, okay. Like I'm, I'm shocked. Uh, just a lot of the, you, like it's, it's, you know, you feel, you feel like they betrayed you. Okay. <laughs> it's a slight All betrayal. Right. Okay. I'm not gonna lie, you know, because otherwise, why would you have so much of a vigor and a and a fire to want to fight that way? Right, it's you because you're, in, 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 to a certain point, you're, you feel betrayed or you feel insulted <sighs> that that the other person paid when you should have paid. You know. Okay. Um. 
So that does not exist in the American black community no. or the American community white Hispanic yeah, any, anything say, Americanized I would say. Like that sort of bill paying culture that that you have, we do not have. Yeah. I mean, if anything the bill paying culture that I think Americans buy into and I'm saying this all very loosely is gender norms on dates. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I was going to go into. That's what I think yeah, of. Yeah, men will usually pay. Yeah. I also sometimes, I mean, at least in a black community, generally if we are gathered for a family event, like uh, celebrating a graduation, maybe we yeah. all go out to eat, maybe we all went to a morning mass and then to celebrate a family member and then we're going to eat the the elder, like the patriarch or the matriarch of the person being celebrated will often pay the bill. Mm-hmm. Or it'll be someone who is maybe like an, an older sister or an older brother to the parent of the child that's being celebrated as right. a way of giving a gift to the parent. Right, 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 right. Those are the only two that I can really think of, though. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And when I dine out with friends, it's just like split the bill yeah. halfway down the middle. Yeah, yeah. And I will never dine with someone that nickels and dimes their friends. Yeah. I hate right. that. Yeah, yeah. I do not. We've all been there. We've Ugh. all seen it. You can't dine with me ever again. Yeah. yeah I yeah, yeah, yeah. don't think you nickels and dimes. You know, they also say the term going Dutch. Right, where Is you that racist though. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> On a show like this, I just wonder. I've never heard of this term until I was kind of looking up, you know, what is certain etiquette in American culture because Uh I don't really, I didn't know if there was any. And this phrase kind of kept popping up about people going Dutch. And see, I've heard that phrase a lot, but I've always wondered, like, is that racist? I'm not going to say that out loud. I just said it out loud. I'm I'm so ignorant, you guys. (laughs) In in life, I'm afraid to, to, like, bring that into the world because if it's racist... Then I'm racist. You know what I mean? Like, sorry. Let's not talk about it anymore. Anyways, that being said, I'm just going to rephrase it. The idea of you're in a group. It's like a party of 30 and everyone's ordering. And when the bill comes, you say, can I just pay for my drink? Can I just pay for my one appetizer that I ordered to pretend to be my entree because I don't want to send money on an entree when everyone else ordered drinks and appetizers. Ah, <laughs> I mean, I added a, a couple different moments there, but essentially. I assume going Dutch was when the woman paid. I don't know why. I don't I don't know why either. Learning new Maybe, things because yeah. I, I didn't know that was what du- going Dutch meant. Right, right. I didn't either. And so that that's always fascinating to me too when in, in Chinese culture, when it's your birthday, you pay. You treat everyone. What? Yeah. I'm never dining out on my birthday in China ever. Like, no. What? Yeah, this that is idea. so backwards to me. It's like, it's my birthday. I'm going to treat all of you guys. Thank you for coming out and celebrating with me. And they'll give me gifts or whatever, but I will pay for dinner. It's always been that way. Um, that is in stark contrast to the U.S. where when it is my birthday. Everyone pays for you. My parents and I always do a, a like a little dinner to celebrate. And make no mistake about it, I'm picking a pricey restaurant. Like, I'm picking a pricey restaurant that I wouldn't normally go to. And that's just so me funny. being honest. I'm sorry, yeah. guys. Like, yeah. Real talk. Yeah, my grandma, when she turned 90, my uncle threw a huge banquet dinner for her. Wow. And he paid. You know? And okay. I'm sure if she could have paid, she would have if she wanted to. Right. But, but essentially... You know, he's throwing a massive party because in celebration of her 90th year and he's going to pay. So no one else is going to pay for her. Well, I mean, you know, who knows? It's 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 just what it is. It's there's these unspoken rules that are so clear and known to us being Chinese that I think as an outsider can be really confusing and just odd or, you know, having to learn something completely different. Hmm. Um, I have a question then. Yes. So at what age would someone start paying for themselves on their birthdays? Like at what age are you yeah, old enough question. to know when these rules are in play for you? So I think typically once you are out of the house. Okay. Once you've graduated. Once you can sustain yourself and have a nice paying job and your parents know you're doing well, that's when you start. And and if you are a good 
quotations uh-huh. in the air mark here. Okay. If you are a good Asian child, you want to be doing that as early as as possible. Like 18, however, yeah. 17. Yeah, however you can, if you want to, if you feel like you can and want to, you, you try to do it to make your parents proud. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this idea, it goes all into this idea of, you know, buying a car for your mom, yeah. buying a house for your mom, taking care of your parents. All of that is so deeply ingrained and embedded in our culture. I mean, I don't even remember, like, learning this. You know, right. it's just, I just know it. Got it. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if my parents ever expected me to pay for a meal. And I don't know if I, it ever crossed my mind when I was a teenager that making my parents proud of me and like paying for dinner is a way to do that. Because yeah. I think very much in American culture, making your parents proud of you when you're a teen is equivalent to getting good grades, maybe getting into a really good college or the college that maybe your parents went to, uh, sort of carrying on that kind of family mm-hmm. name, mm-hmm. Totally. generally staying out of trouble, right. <laughs> not getting arrested. Right. Um, but to add the monetary. It's very different, huh? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I guess it also makes me think about how I define pride. Mm. You know what I mean? Because it almost feels like the American definition of pride and the Asian definition, specifically Chinese in this case, seems like they're very different definitions. Mm -hmm. When it comes to possibly, especially when it comes to paying the bill, because it's like... You wouldn't expect to have that moment to be that that moment has to be a prideful moment. Right. But there there is a lot of pride in being able to pay for your parents or pay for yourself or treat everyone to your birthday dinner. That's like there's pride in that and the sense of I'm giving to you. Got it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Your face. I know know all of what you're saying. I just like, I'm sitting here like, oh God, when was the last time I paid for lunch for my parents? When was the last (laughs) time that like my dad and I went out to dinner and I paid the bill? Because honestly, there is still a a part of me that's like, ooh, a man's taking out a woman and he's my dad. You got this one, Dad. Like uh, you, you, you got a good job. Yeah, I'm still figuring out my yeah. shit. I mean, like, I, mine's my stuff is still getting <laughs> sorted out. Like, I mean, I've mentioned a couple times before on the show the idea of being a good Asian, dutiful son and daughter mm-hmm. is, you know, you do end up really taking care of them in the sense that you secretly or not secretly want to buy them a home. You want to buy them a car. You want to buy them nice and fancy things. You because there's a lot of pride in that, and a lot of it is. You took care of me. I wouldn't be able to pay for dinner or make this amount, um, this much money or be who I am today if it wasn't for you. And so now it's my turn to pay. It's my Got turn it. to buy you a house. It's my turn to take care of you. And we take that on pretty heavy. It's not it's not light. Right. Oh, of you course know? not. It's, it's very, very important to us to right. just, I guess, prove or that it is this sense of now, now it is, now the roles are reversed, literally, in the sense of. Now I provide for you. Um, Is that ever stressful? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, and I hate to, I I hate to ask that in an ignorant yet flippant way, but I like hearing you talk about it. There's so much pride. Pride. That's the the key word of this conversation. There's a lot of pride in hearing you talk about it, but I wonder in the day to day of like making sure that your parents are okay, making sure that your parents have the, the things that they need. Right. Like, how that manifests itself. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm asking that for my, like, American mindset. Right. I completely agree with you. I think there are some, there are levels of this. Mm, Okay. Right? I think it can be extremely stressful to those kids whose parents, not only the culture, does the culture already sort of leads you in the direction of make sure you take care of your parents. But if your parents are constantly saying it right. and expect it from you mm-hmm. by telling you, Got that it. adds a whole nother level of it that I think can be almost detrimental to your mental health or ah. possibly pursuing a career or pursuing a craft that is actually more about the money and not really about the passion or fulfillment. That was my next question. And a lot of Asians fall into this. You know, you right. hear later on being like, I was a doctor because my mom wanted me to be a doctor. I mean, and a lot of other people in general too but especially a lot of that in Asian culture it's like you know you could reverse that to say that oh my mom didn't want me to be an artist because she knew that I wasn't going to have a steady income Mm -hmm. you know and so it's the idea of your parents wanting you to also 
be secure because they also know that somehow knowing that you're secure with your financial that they'll be secure but also Got you want to be secure because you it's all kind of full circle because you want to be secure with your money because then you also want to take care of your parents right that's your duty as a child um but you know there are some lines that are pretty blurred i mean i think as certain asian americans become more americanized mm-hmm. become more western i don't think that pressure is nearly as strong as if you take someone very traditional very traditional family in china or even you can be an american still be very traditional oh, you know okay. yeah. but there are there are many families that i'm sure are becoming blended families you know or marrying yeah. white people or other races or hispanics and or other asians you know mm-hmm. and they're just becoming more americanized where some of those culture uh, traditions or or pressures or duties aren't as strong or as present maybe because it's just uh, just not, you know, okay. as assimilating to, to the Western world. Right. Which is, I think, normal. Sure. Uh, so, you know, it's... And I recognize that in Me Too, my mom's never really been, like, you must buy me a house kind of mom. <laughs> Um, it's more, I think I do it more as knowing that she was a single mom and that right. I, you know. She I'm, sacrificed a lot so that yeah. you, you and your brother, I should say, can get to where you guys want to get to right. in your life and your dream and in overall life's fulfillment needs. Exactly. Yeah. And so, so it's a little bit, once you really get into it, I think there's a lot of little, little facets of it all, mm-hmm. really. But this whole idea going back to, you know, we take paying the bill really seriously and that it, there's, there's a full culture embedded into it uh, from the moment you're born and that you, there's a lot of pride in it is, is so fascinating um, uh, that, that, uh, that we, we take it on and it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's like it's really serious. <laughs> Have longstanding fights come like ever been born out of yeah. the – Oh, really? For sure. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Like I've seen my grandma come be pissed for hours after dinner. Wow. And then as a child, I remember as a child being eight years old thinking like, well, that sucks. We went together as a family. Right. To enjoy each other's company. Well, right. That's what I'm thinking. To celebrate. And it ended in not a very good place. That's where I'm, that's where my yeah. mind's at. So you see, it's too much of that fried. You got know, it. Got get, it. get burned. Is there anything else attached to paying the bill? Because we've we've talked about the pride. Thing. Yeah, a lot. Are there other facets of it, or is pride really like the driving factor? Um, I mean, it's it is that it is just possibly proving that you've reached a level of success. Got it. Um, I think you, I think you've seen them in movies too, or I'm sure other people have experienced where they know they're maybe less in status or they know that they're eating with someone who makes less money or more money. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, You know that. And everyone knows that just by going out with your friends Mm -hmm. or knowing certain friends are in different financial situations and knowing you're going to spot them or just knowing you're going to take care of them and all of the other. I mean, money is... Money's a tough issue. People get funny with money. No one really likes to talk about it. We don't... They don't teach us to talk about it. They don't... You know, it's, it's embedded with a lot of... Which I think totally needs Shame, to change guilt. because it doesn't it doesn't do anyone a disservice to remain in the shadows about money. Yeah, and I'm not, not talking about and I'm not just talking about the way that we spend. I'm talking about uh, salary transparency. Yeah, I mean, and it's exactly. I was exa- I was that's exactly where I was going. Companies being they need to be transparent about all this stuff, right? Bonuses, but hourly, also like sour, salary within families. I feel like people have funny habits with money that they mm-hmm. don't quite realize mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because they've just witnessed it. They've seen it. It's been a yeah. part of their uh, family life, home life, and it's hard to unlearn certain bad habits if you yeah. don't know their bad habits. Like I yeah, you don't of, see it. Right. I kind of liken money to sex in this way where depending on who's teaching you about sex, depending on what sort of sexual situations your parents have gone through, right. that could directly imprint on you and your ver- and your mm, visions of sex and your thoughts and philosophies on yeah. sex and sexuality. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, the yeah. same thing with money. Yeah. And you don't really realize that bad habits, be it overspending, be it putting everything under credit, underspending, uh, not investing, yeah. having a bunch of shit in cash, yeah. which will depreciate over time, yeah. uh, things of that nature. You don't realize it. No. And then the schooling system, to you. Yeah. the schooling system doesn't really teach us right. any sort of financial education 
Totally. And how to be savvy about sure. finances in general. And the way the system is set up is we, a lot of people will graduate with a ton of debt mm-hmm. already. So you are already thrust into this world feeling overwhelmed and with debt. And then how do you create yourself a life where you can sustain that or yeah. get, out, get through that. You right. Know? I think in terms of college and the money that we tell our kids to spend on a on a, a degree or a, a, an associate degree, a doctorate, a bachelor, whatever, um, I think that college means something vastly different than it did 20, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. College degrees aren't necessarily go aren't necessarily the ticket to the middle class the way that they no. used to be. No, not at all. And also, it depends on like what's the, what your what's your socioeconomic status going into college. Yeah. I think this whole college cheating scandal made me think about this because a lot of those kids are the offspring of the super wealthy. So who cares if you go to Yale or clown college, right. you're, you're going to be fine. Like monetarily, you're going to be fine. Yeah. I went to school to be an actress. Right. Like let it be known. Right. My parents are of a so- certain socioeconomic bracket that I could go to school to get a degree in acting a degree that let me remind you, I have not put to use since I graduated. Right. Because in reality, acting, you're either right for the role or you're not. Right. You're either... Well, also, you don't even really need to have a degree to right. get... How many actors just never even went to college right. slash school slash dropped out? Right. right? Totally. <laughs> Absolutely. But yet, you know, I could see if you were a lower income kid, going to school for acting is probably not something that your parents are going to look highly upon. Of course. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even the choice to do that I am not, is not lost on me that that is a... That was a decision of privilege. Right. Um, but when we talk about money, I think also a lot of the financial advice that is out in the world today. I, this is reminding me because we were talking about fire not mm-hmm, too long ago. Mm-hmm. A lot of the financial advice that we give to people, it's generally advice coming from people of the middle class and higher mm-hmm. to people of the middle class and higher. Yeah. We don't have a, a lot of great advice out there for no. lower income families about how to get ahead. Right. We often forget about that portion of our community and of our society because it's easier to give advice to people that already have the money. The movie Us made me think about this. Mm. The tethered versus the untethered. Yeah. The tethered that lived down below in the subway system were largely forgotten about. Yeah. Very much like our poor people poor people here in the yeah. United States. Well, it's the exact same way. I mean also if you take well we're shifting gears here a little bit, but Sorry. Well, no, it's okay. We'll we'll get back to it. It's normal. Uh, <laughs> if you take America as a whole, you know, the truth is that the middle class is shrinking. Mm-hmm. And if you look at a lot of third world countries, it's a lot of poor and a lot of rich. Yep. And the middle class is super important to kind of keep the economy going. Mm-hmm. It, it really. So, you know, there's a lot of talk about how to really spread that 1%. Right. You know? And right. I think we are, kind, we are right in the middle of it. So, I, I, if anything, we are definitely affected by Got all it. of this stuff yeah um anyways yeah it's 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 truly a lot about is education at an early age yeah for you sure know, and your relationship to money treat it like you know most people will say treat relationship treat money like a person right right uh, which i didn't hear until later on in life ironically yeah yeah like, you I would had... think like my i remember i don't even know if my mom told me i mean i read i was reading a, like a financial book and that's what I remember them saying. That. Got it. Yeah. We've had conversations off air where you've told me that the Asian community and, and people in it, you guys start to learn about money from a very young age. Yeah. Whether out of necessity. Yeah. Or out of interest. Yeah. Or Money's out of, a big deal in yeah, the Asian community. It, it is. It drives everything. But it's it's interesting. That Good or bad, right? Certain the, well, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's better to have the information than not. Right. right you know right, what right, I mean? Right, yeah. There's plenty of 20, 30-year-olds coming out of college. Hello, I was one of them that knew very little about money. Mm. I knew what I had in my bank account. I knew what my bills were. I knew what I could spend on partying and spend on clothes. And that mm. was about it. Mm. And like... You know, I'm not an outlier. There's a lot of people out there like that. Yeah, and I yeah, think a yeah. lot it's, of it is because if you are of a certain socioeconomic bra- bracket, then the idea that you don't have to teach your kids about money um, is a little bit more apparent. Uh, yeah. Because you have it. 
Right. So but that's, just that's, do what we do and right. you'll maintain it. But I think is what I'm trying to right. say. That's really, really smart of you to say that. But it's also scary because you could right. fall into that trap Correct. of not educating your child. Absolutely. And then possibly your child not handling their money well. And I'm a, a, I'm a total, total guilty party in that where mm. I had to learn how to save money. Uh, my parents saying save money, just don't spend it was not enough for me. Well, yeah. I mean, especially if you're telling that to someone in their 20s and 30s who's going to want to buy things. Well, right. Who's exactly. going to want to explore the world. and and. But also it's kind of a personality thing, right? I'm to, someone who likes to do, to create, to make. You're right. telling a doer to not do something. Right. That's not going to work. Goes against every grain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, the idea of, of learning how to spend money and really making that a habit for myself was really like, okay, how do I do this yeah. thing? Yeah, it's like learning a new skill. Absolutely. Completely. That you have to continue to flex. Yeah, and also understanding, you know, interest, APR, how the credit system works. I mean, like, Dude, I, I'm, I'm learning all that now. That's crazy. All of that I'm learning right now. That's crazy. And you would think, you would think, no, but, you know, they don't, we don't think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the truth. But on the flip side, I mean, it, because we are an ethnic podcast, I do feel like a lot of the financial advice that I've garnered over the years has been from like rich white folks Mm -hmm. who that is a demographic that gives their kids all kinds of information about money at a very early Mm -hmm. age Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean like that sort of information is not readily available or even thought of in the black community the Mexican community what have you like it's not even really considered it's not until again like because a lot of our our financial advice is middle class and higher like I was lucky to have come across it because yeah. I was walking in those circles. Right, 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 right. But if you're not and trying to get ahead and that information's not readily available to you or worse, we right. are speaking to lower income people yeah. as though they can just do it like us. Just yeah. bootstrap your way up like yeah. us and you'll be fine. Yeah. When in reality, like, there's so much nuance. There's so much that, that, like, that it, makes that like, not necessarily true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like... You know, intersectional feminism. Mm-hmm. You know, intersectional finance. Yeah, there's yeah. so much that plays a part of it that directly affects how you handle your money. A hundred percent. So we should have a we should intersectional co- finance. We should have it. We should have an episode. That we was half of it should. right there. There you go. Um, sorry, we definitely got derailed. <laughs> that's, that's all good, guys. Anyways, that being said. There is a culture of paying the bill in the especially the Chinese community. I'm mm-hmm. sure the Asian community. There's no culture of paying the bill in the American community. Uh, but there is one thing white people have. They are the best tippers. Ah, uh, we. It. I mean, we could get, have an episode just on tip culture. We could, but because that's a stereotype that black people have to rage against constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I working in the service industry, I, of course, never judge a book for its cover. I've been pleasantly surprised by all the other races. Right. You know, but time and time again, uh, white people definitely tip the best. Uh, older, older gay white men, okay. for sure. Like older gay white men in their 40s and 50s. Okay. Who okay. are like solid and are, know who they are. Uh, are the, are best the best out of all. For Personally, in my experience. All right. Yeah. Yeah, tipping in black culture is kind of a touchy subject because we are known as bad tippers, yeah. which I mean, look, here's the double-edged sword. I know some black bad tippers. I know some amazing black tippers. So do I. When it comes to tipping in the black community, there is a feeling of even if I get subpar service, I still have to tip 20% to not buy into a stereotype. Uh... And that's always for me at least, when I'm getting shit service and I know it's because I'm black, there is that internal struggle of do I rage against the long-standing stereotype or do I say fuck this person who is clearly not giving me the attention that she's giving or he's giving the table over there because they're not black and maybe because they're not women. Damn. Yeah. Fuck. How are Asians as tippers, actually? Okay. Okay. It's tough, too, because you don't tip in Asia. Ah. You don't don't tip in Japan. You don't tip in Taiwan. There's no tipping culture. Got it. So they have to learn, at least people who, you know, are not American. Right. Asian American have to learn 
I think in general, Asian Americans are okay. Here's my thing. Asians are good with numbers, right? Asians are good with money. What really bothers me is they know to tip 20% and they don't do it. But is that an assumption? Are you assuming that they know to tip 20% and they're just not doing it? Or they got bad service and they're not doing it? Either or. Okay. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. I, I I firmly believe that there have been times where they know to tip 20% and they just don't want to. Got it. Because of money. Got it. Okay. Right? Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's very, it's very, overall, I'd say there are okay tippers. They could be better. But in my experience, um, it's funny. There's that you, room for growth. Right. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting that you have that idea of, you know, I'm getting bad service because I'm a black person. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, that's, that sucks. Like that, that you ha- still have that. And in- yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of a, a rather recent, recent when I, when I say recent, I mean in the last like eight months, I was dining out with a friend, female friend, Hispanic, and we were at yes, a, a restaurant thing. in Pasadena. And we were definitely being discriminated against because of the colors of our skin. But even still, there was a conversation that we both had to have, which went a little something like this. Okay, we know this woman is not giving us good service because I'm black and you're Mexican. She's clearly capable of giving good service because look at her. Just the table next to us. She's giving amazing service. So that's a real like and that's another thing that I think dining while black you pick up on like. You pick up on the fact that people are able to give good service and they go out of their way to show you that they can give good service. Right. Um, but still, like, we had to have this conversation of, like, do we say F the stereotype and tip less or do we not buy into the stereotype, thereby walking out with our dignity and our heads held up because we didn't rage against the stereotype when we could have? Right. Because let us not forget... We don't just want to be bad tippers. I, as a black woman, don't want to be the angry black woman. Right. It's Her, an, as a Mexican stereotype. woman, does not want to be viewed as a spicy Latina. Yeah. I mean, those are things. Those are, That was a literal, like, 10, 15-minute conversation. That's so fast. That her and I had to have. Yeah. And at the end of it, we were like, nah, fuck this shit. Like, girl, you getting 10% because we can see that you... Can give good service because you're yeah. standing right next to us doing it. Yeah, yeah you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we've worked in service too. I think we were a little bit more like, okay, maybe she had a full section. Maybe it's understaffed. Like that's where our heads went. We were like, no, girl. Like you get ten percent. Yeah. And we'll just like carry on the stereo. <laughs> and that's that. The end. The, the end. <laughs> oh man. Oh wow. With all that being said, guys, I don't know if there's a call to action to this. But I guess it's just sort of... I think being understanding is a really good call to action. I think as an outsider... Having compassion. Yeah. When I would see the fights break out over, like, who pays the bill, I would always be like, oh, my God, that's, like, so classless. Like, ah, can't you figure that out at home? You know what I mean? Because I didn't know any better. Oh, I see. And so it's sort of like what I'm seeing is just people having an argument over the bill. Right, right, Something that y'all could have figured out in the car. Or, like, someone could have slipped a credit card. It's a lot more deeper than that, okay, Right, and I didn't know that. Like, and I'm totally, like, standing in my ignorance and owning my shit. I think as an outsider looking in, being understanding, listening to this episode. Mm-hmm. And being understanding is a really good place to start. Right, right, right. And also, like, yo, it doesn't concern you if you're not sitting at that table. If you didn't have that dinner, yeah, if, if you're not you Chinese, yeah, like, don't worry yo, about fuck it. Fuck you. Like, the carry on. Doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. Carry on. Eyes on your own plate. <laughs> That's true, guys. I think we definitely just wanted to, you know, kind of hash this one out. We, it's, it's always been a fascinating. Uh, idea mm-hmm. moment to me uh, as being Chinese and being on both ends multiple times as a server so as someone paying the bill as someone secretly paying the bill so I can make my family angry yeah, <laughs> um, there you go. it's it, there there's some sort of not joy but there's just some sort of like this is what it is and it's not going to change anytime soon no um and at like, least in that sense real. we've said on this show like blacks and Asians have bougie mouths so yeah you know. Yeah, someone literally told me that the other day because I was picking up the truffles on, like, ah. on their own, and my manager was like, You're "Damn so girl, bougie!" bougie. Yeah. <laughs> 
Anyways, bougie You're so mouth. Bougie. bougie mouth is um, a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we yeah, should have an episode on bougie we mouth. Should. We totally should. Uh, all right, guys. Well, we hope you like this one. Um, and um, well, Jackie, that was such an awkward pause. I know. We have to give out our black slash armation, which we are combining this week because you and I. Not together, but you and I saw an amazing film. It's called Us. It's Jordan Peele's sophomore film, his follow-up to Get Out. Y'all, it's great. Check it out. It's so, so good. Nyong'o fucking carries this movie. There's a part of me All that the way wants through. to have an episode about this movie. Yeah, let's do it. So I, I'm, I'm hesitant to, like, say... Too much? Too much. Oh, spoiler alert. Right. For those people that haven't seen it, because it, it's Stop been out for like now. a week and a half. Yeah. It came out last Friday? Somewhere. There have been screenings in LA before oh, that. Oh, I see. Okay. So it's that's why I'm I'm not solid on when it actually oh, yeah. came out. I, yeah, at least almost two weeks. I okay. Say, I didn't okay. see it on a Friday when it came Maybe out. We'll on a... give our listeners one more week and then we'll talk about it. All right. Just saying, guys, female lead. Written, oh, no, we can give spoilers now. I'm just saying. Written, like, directed, mm-hmm. produced by Jordan Peele. First of all, guys, I just want to say this brilliant man mm-hmm. has created an entire new genre of horror. I think. <laughs> I hope. No, That's yeah, what it I'll feels like. Is it just I'll me? Because I've been watching enough horror movies for almost 30 years now, and there's nothing like what he does. Yeah, I will definitely say that I was not going to see it at first. Why? The premise of that movie doesn't necessarily Excite grab you. me. Yeah. yeah. Like the themes that are discussed and explored, I'm on board 100%. The actual premise where a, yeah. a bougie black family yeah. goes to Santa Cruz for the summer. So you think. So we think. And then we discover something that the government has done Dot, dot, dot. Again, yeah. like I'm trying to preserve it for those who haven't seen right. it. Um, not necessarily my cup of Exciting. tea. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it is also an idea that is not as original, I would say, as Get Out. You know? Yeah, def- like the, At the end, I was kind of like, oh, that's the twist. This has happened before. But, but that being said, there's so many other things that make this movie amazing, you know? And I think I had a hard time being like, Get Out was awesome, and now This Is Us has to be just as awesome, which it doesn't, but... Us. Sorry, us. I keep saying This Is Us. <laughs> that is a show on NBC. Mandy Moore show. <laughs> Mandy Moore show. Yeah, no. There's a lot more other people than Mandy Moore on that it's show. True. It's just true. so you she know. Just pops into my mind first. <laughs> the Mandy Moore show. Sorry. Oh, she should have her own show. Um... Anyways, uh, there's a lot more factors that that are part of us mm-hmm. that make it still um, a great movie to see. Yeah, I was talking Super to a friend of mine, a male African American creator type friend of mine, and um, he. The reason that I went to go see it is because he was like, "Once you see us, you'll never look at." horror films made by white people the same way again mm. and I was like what do you mean by that and he's like you gotta go and you gotta see it and the know soundtrack? that it's it's a heady horror oh, film so good that that is for sure I've listened to I Got Five on it by Luna's countless times so good countless times yeah. Never thought it could be a theme for a horror film. I did read about why Jordan Peele used that film. And afterwards I was like, duh, like it does have a haunting, eerie quality to it. Um, But again, like I would have never thought that that would be a horror. He's he's a smart man. Yeah. And then there was there's been a bunch of questions on Reddit about, you know, now that he used I Got Five on it as like a horror uh, a horror movie theme the song. Yeah, 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 yeah. What other songs? What other hip hop tracks would be good? Oh, and I think there's still so many. Oh, there's so there's many. So many. One guy uh said I'm so looking forward to how many ways he can just, you know, stay true to it being all African American mm-hmm. and then just do like Totally. Twists on it. it Absolutely. So good. One particular uh, respondee said The Whole World by Outcast. If someone like uh, remixed it and made it really sort of creepy and yeah. slow and um, almost like threatening. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, oh my yeah. God, yeah, someone yeah. needs to do it's that. It's so cool because, you know, we all love 
these kinds of songs and you know at the same time you're like bobbing your head in the ears and you're like bobbing and you're grooving but then you're like oh fuck something's about to like pop out yeah you know so like yeah what what it really for me is i it's so much more of an interactive experience Mm -hmm. because a lot of horror movies are like oh well it's a demon and yeah granted sure it could happen to anyone whatever if it feels that way but i think he has a way of really just having you be completely immersed by the music or like even the script like the first Mm -hmm. 10 pages of the movie you've like you know those like you Mm -hmm. have everyone has said those little things to their brothers or and the dad was like just key it was just him it was it was it was Jordan being himself. Yeah. Um, But obviously a different actor. Yeah, I will say, like, walking out, I understood what my friend was talking about in terms of never being able to look at a horror film made by a white person again because what Peel does that is brilliant, not only in this film but in Get Out as well, is he really delves into some real world fears and horrors. Totally. We ain't talking about Pet Cemetery and Mm -mm. Poltergeist and The Exorcist. Mm -hmm. Well, and Twilight Zone's coming out. And Twilight Zone. It's coming ta- by, by him. No, on CBS. Oh, oh I don't know. There's sure. A, like, there's like a Great. couple. Yeah, cable. No, but it's on CBS All Access. And um, there's like a there's like a nice cast. There's a couple Asians like the on there. old Twilight Zone didn't scare me. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like Jordan really, at least as a black American, he really taps into the fears that we carry every day. Yeah. And makes them, and he illustrates them and creates really sophisticated sophisticated dioramas of them that we feel and mm-hmm. that stick with us mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know like we should just have an episode yeah like white folks aren't really doing that with their horror films like white people to me are not tapping into the sort of real world fears that exist for minorities mm-hmm. i think i'm thinking of pet cemetery specifically because that was a trailer that i saw before watching us oh. and like i remember seeing pet cemetery as a kid and being like who the fuck cares like yeah <laughs> who gives a not shit? this is us not uh, us 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 okay um, <laughs> but literally being like, who gives a fuck about Peck Cemetery? Like, who gives a fuck about your pets coming back yeah. and, like, they're not the way that they used to be? Like, who cares? And That's why should weird. I be scared of that? But if you go see us, if you see, if you've seen Get Out, you'll definitely understand more what we're talking about. Lupita should get an Oscar. Lupita should get an Oscar nomination. I don't care if she's already won one. She needs to win a second one. The, yeah, she was amazing. Brilliant. Great. Great cast. Ugh, so good. Such a fan. Yeah. That's that's it. That's the black alley. The whole cast. Right. And that guy from Black Panther from that Black oh, Panther. Oh yeah, Winston Duke. Yeah to, yeah. to that like goofy dad. It's yeah. just it's so good. They went to Yale together. Him and Lupita. Oh, him. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, that was a fun so... fact that I read and I was like, oh, okay. Same yeah, we're showing up. I don't think so. Oh. Okay. I think she's older. Older than him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but even so, I was like, oh, my God, yes, like, Yale, do it. Yeah. Black folks out there yeah. doing it. Classical yeah. acting training. I love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so go see us. If you haven't seen us, there will be an episode we'll Coming be doing soon. very soon. So, spoiler Check alert, if yeah. you haven't seen us, go see it or don't listen to that episode until you have. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. We tried our best to avoid spoilers kinda, in this. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we can only, like, resist so much. for so long. Yeah. Anyways, that's our show officially that's officially the end of our i show. tried to close it earlier apparently <laughs> officially Awkwardly. that's the end of the show this episode was produced by christian humes over at zeit heist thank you christian we are the black and yellow podcast you can find us on apple itunes you can find us on spotify please follow to rate please review. feel free to rate <laughs> review and subscribe while you are there specifically review it helps us to monetize this bad boy mm-hmm. um and then you can find us on the gram yeah, at Black and Yellow Podcast. Uh, DM us with any information uh, that you'd like to share. Ask comments, questions, concerns. Uh, I'm also Jacqueline Chung Young on the gram. I am Alana Webster on the gram. At Renegade of Fun is how you can find me. So I guess I'm not Alana Webster on the gram. I'm just Alana Webster in life. Oh, good. Go. Good and to Renegade know. Renegade of Fun on I the gram. Sorry. Imagine if I called you Renegade of Fun in real life. I have had a couple people, oh. a couple people call me Renegade or Renegade of Fun. How do you which feel I'm about like, that? Um, it's an adjustment. It's like it's a super adjustment, but I get it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel like I know a lot of people by their Instagram handles yeah, by this point okay. in time. So yeah, hey, true. whatever. If you call me Renegade on the street, I'll probably talk. Uh, good to know. <laughs> Fun fact. Alrighty, guys, have a wonderful, blessed summer hot day. Stay cool. Yeah, if you're in LA and if you're in someplace cold, stay warm. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye.